And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, Horror Hellions! These days there's been an outbreak of a new kind of monster. They are called Sea Prequel Boots, and they are made by mad scientists who find a real monster and lash together a pale, undead, third-generation copy-shambling homunculus, which will shamble around for a while, startle some old people, and then crawl into a dollar bin to quietly die. Just a sad abomination, doomed by a thousand creators trying to get credit for improving on the original. A hollow desolate shadow. But sometimes one in a million will grow big leathery wings and take flight. And that brings us to today's Halloween miracle. The 2013 sequel remake thing of the Evil Dead. Fly, my pretty. and welcome to the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Jason Jacknetti, and I am joined once again by my usual cohort of ghouls uh, across your radio dial. Uh, oh, the one of the two true freaks OG himself, Chris Honeywell. Nailed it. Uh, the giggle you hear, but not the side. The giggle you hear is none other than uh, Chris Hero, the hair, the Chris Tyler, a hair metal hero. I said it backwards. Where do you think you're going, you junkie whore? <laughs> and of course, the sigh you heard previously was my brother Luke Jack and Eddie. What is your medical diagnosis now? <laughs> Uh, of course, um, the uh, I had a whole bunch of lines, not knowing what anyone was going to use. Um, and the one I had, um, well, I had a couple of them, but um, dying wouldn't be so bad right now. I just don't want to become the devil's bitch. Um, That's a good one. You know, We've all said we, that at some point or another, yeah, yeah, you know, usually after, you know, really bad Mexican uh, food or like whatever. Um, and the... <laughs> If you I had can't that Filipino food out of the truck, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yes, or egg salad from the side of the road, <laughs> or you know. Um. Anyway, uh, and the other one I had was, what kind of virus makes someone cut their face off with a piece of glass? Um, if you can't tell what we're talking about, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, no. Uh... <laughs> My backup one was, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Something reeks in here. Anyway, um, that's right. So that's that's yeah. because I released something evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. We're laughing an awful lot for a very intense film. 
So what we're talking about is the 2012 slash 2013. It depends technically on what date release date you go with of Evil Dead, which some people truly believe is a remake of Evil Dead uh, or Evil Dead 2, because let's face it, Evil Dead 2 is the remake right. of Evil Dead. Um, but it's not. It's actually the fourth Evil Dead movie um, after, of course, obviously Army of Darkness. This one, although very, very similar, is actually, according to, to uh, Sam Raimi, in continuity and exists in the Evil Dead world, in the Deadite universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, After the- Ash versus Evil Dead, it makes sense. You know, I can see it a lot more. I can well, see it I can a lot say more that clearly. That was why I, I, yeah, I mean, that, that's why I sent that message to the group chat the other day, a little peek behind the curtain here. And I said, so this is like a, a, a you know, from the word of God type of sequel, right? Because, I mean, it, it, it there, there's a subtle line where it's like, okay, are there elements that are in this because they're a reference or there are elements that are in this because they are continuity? And it's like it's if you fall on one side, it's a remake. If you fall, and it's homage. If you fall on the other side, it's a sequel and it's continuity. So you know, to me, watching this divorce—I mean, I haven't seen the Evil Dead, the original, the Evil Dead, in at least a decade. So watching yeah, this neither. divorced of that, it's like, okay, this is a remake. But then I'm reading, no, it's a sequel, and I'm like, how in the world is this a sequel? And then you're like, oh, because. You see, there's Ash's car, and this is the same thing, and it's all supposed to be the the, the the coincidences aren't coincidences. They're supposed to be there, and I'm like, okay, that's a fine line, right? You know, I'm I'm reminded of uh, good old Doctor Freaks that used to write the website The Bad Movie Report, and he made him he wrote and started a movie called Forever Evil, which was I think it was called Forever Evil, which was basically an Evil Dead. Uh, it, it was you know decide it was essentially an Evil Dead ripoff. But that was where the line comes from, you know. If your movie costs more than five million dollars, it's an homage. If it's less than five million dollars, it's a ripoff, right? So this, to me, this is homage. But now we're being told it's a sequel. So it, it's an it's an interesting case study of how much, how many times can you basically tell the same story in one franchise and have them be sequels to each other? Because this is, I mean, it's pretty ballsy when you get down to it. Because like Jay said, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, essentially the same film. Yeah. And then you got this well, one, essentially the same film again, with a new coat of paint on it. It's like, hey man, if you can do it, more power to you. Well, my theory always, like, I, I really, when this, when this happened, just judging and seeing trailers and stuff and seeing all the actors and actresses that look like, you know, WB pretty boys and pretty girls, I wrote it right off, and, and my first question is, why? Why, why remake it? And I guess, and after seeing it, I know why, I, I think... Like the original, the original Evil Dead was so legendary, like it was so hard to see. It was so hard to find and see a copy of it. And like, you know, very few people I knew, I don't know anybody, I think, when I was a kid that like saw it in the theater. They'd seen a videotape of it somewhere and they would, you know, and then she takes a pencil and just jabs it into somebody's ankle and twists it, you know, and, and it got built up as this just completely horrifying you know, balls to the wall, not real. You know, not re- not as much about story as just about like, you know, just an all-out gore fest, and very scary, and and it, you know, it had a lot of boogeyman aspect to it, and I think that this one is like, okay, for one, that one was made on a zero budget, and it sort of, 
but it fit into the aesthetic of cheap films in those days. So seeing the the videotape of it and having it be all, you know, all messed up and, you know, and full of glitches was was fine. But they were like, we, we want to make something for the, you know, for the 13 and 14 year old kids today that are all like, let's put this in at the party and watch it and like, and, you know, and generally traumatize them. And I think <laughs> it was incredibly successful at doing that. Because right. the first Evil Dead wasn't funny, you know, it had humorous and Dutch angles and some humor in it yeah. and stuff, but it was a pretty straightforward groove fest and it, it just had style. And that's what this one is. It's not trying to do the like, you know, over the top action hero Ash. No. And really, why even try? And yeah, and I'm and I'm on board with that. And and I'll be honest yeah. with you, I like the setup of this quite a lot. Yeah, me too. The idea of using the cabin to go take Mia there so she can be forced into detox, and then all that, that it, it gives a reason one why they're in the cabin, two why there's yep. a small number of people there, and three why they won't leave. And it does that very succinctly, I think, in the first. 10 minutes or so with this film it does a great job of setting it up but what you're saying chris i agree with you it's it's remember remember the the tagline of the original the ultimate experience in grueling horror that's yep. what this is right oh, this yeah. is yes this, this is this is a a 20 a 2010s take on the ultimate experience the ultimate experience in grueling horror and that's what it is to the point that yeah we're we're I think acculturized to expect a bit more story out of this at this point, but when you think mm -hmm. about it, not it's 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 like the Evil Dead. It really isn't gonna be hitting you over the head with the story as it is. It's just gonna be relentless and coming and coming and coming. You know, it provides. So it, a little it, I think it does a good text. job of of doing that. You know, but it's it's still like I said to me. It's it's still I, I'm still a little sketchy on the remake sequel thing. Word of God, notwithstanding. Well, okay. So let me just throw this out there real quick because there's been talk about how much. So the movie cost $17 million to make. The movie made worldwide $97.5 million. So that is a major hit, especially considering that it was made. I mean, and Fetty Alvarez, who who is the, the director, who would go on to, um, again, star with our, um, what's her name? Uh, with the one who played Jane Levy. Yeah. Jane Levy. She is in a great movie. If you've never seen Don't Breathe, go watch Don't Breathe. Not yeah. Finish listening to the podcast, then watch Don't Breathe, and then after you finish Don't Breathe and you take a shower because you feel like shit afterwards, watch Don't Breathe 2, you'll need another shower. Oh, yes. um, because both of those things are intense. What what the thing was, the, the um, and this this is, and I said it was 2020, 2012, 2013, the movie officially came out in 2013, that's when I saw it in the theater. It had played at some festivals and stuff in 2012, and they were flirting with the idea of trying to get it out early. But eventually, this 2013 is when they put it out. Sam Raimi had been trying desperately to get um, the rights back to do another Evil Dead movie because he didn't have the rights to Evil Dead. He has rights to Ash. It's it's why we got Ash versus the Army of Dark. You know, like, like Ash versus the Evil Dead. No, what it was it called? What was the TV series? Ash versus Evil Dead was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it took forever to get the Evil Dead name back. That was the problem. He could not get the rights, but they said, well, we want to remake the movie. And he said, I'm not interested in remaking the movie. I'm interested in doing a sequel. So Freddie Alvarez said, I'll do it and we'll make this in canon. 
and the whole idea was it was going to be this should have been Evil Dead 4 and that was supposed to be the next one Sam Raimi made and since he couldn't get them to sign off on it they weren't sure they wanted they the studio wanted a reboot they wanted to restart the series and Raimi's not interested in that he's not interested in restarting well, the he doesn't want to make the movie for a third time yeah, you know who would no but he but he wants to keep telling the story but the yeah. studio did, wasn't interested in having Ash be the lead they wanted somebody else and they want so I mean I, I mean the thing is this and they're the ones that own the rights to it. That's yes. And they don't under they don't understand like having Ash or or they go like maybe we have to recast it with somebody younger. It's just like yeah. the problem is they, this is that they don't understand. Raimi owns the ca- the idea the character of Ash. That's him. So whenever they're using Ash, it's Raimi. The Evil Dead is owned by the Swiver Studio, but to them to come together, see see okay. So I'm just going to make it, uh, uh, um, it, and this is, this is just, just follow me through. When Bob Zombie made House Thousand Corpses, they were never going to release it. And as the movie sat and became more and more worthless to the studio, Rob Zombie bought back pieces and parts. He bought back distribution. He bought back this, 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 until Rob Zombie owned the, all of House Thousand Corpses. But House Thousand Corpses, but if they had put out House Thousand, had it come out and had been a hit, Rob Zombie would never have been able to buy back the movie. Right. When right. Ray, Evil Dead came out, and again, he had these rights, but it was tied up in all this stuff. That's why that's why there is no Evil Dead 3. It's called Army of Darkness or Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. <laughs> versus Evil Dead, yeah. yeah but the thing is, versus yeah, Army of Darkness, that's right. Right, versus Army of Darkness. Yeah, Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. That's what it was, the other name of it was. And they couldn't even call it Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Because there was there was the whole point of who owns what rights, and it just gets so convoluted sometimes. You're like, holy shit, you just are gonna make a bunch of money. Why not just make the money? But that's what we get. You get studio execs who do not understand how money's made. I mean, they they think they know, but they're not really looking to make money by continuing the franchise. They want to reboot it. If anybody has ever seen Crystal Lake Memories, if you haven't. Sit down and watch it. It's a very long documentary, but well worth your time. They talk about, in Crystal Lake Memories, the idea that the studio, um, Frank Mancuso Jr., who was obviously Frank Mancuso Sr.'s son, was put on to these movies, and he was like, no, no, we're going to make a sequel. And they're like, why make another one? He goes, do you know how much money this movie made? And they're like, yeah, but it's it's Friday the 13th Part 3. It's shit. They go, he goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, it it made in the opening weekend made the entire budget back twice over because we're making money hand over fist on these movies they couldn't make those movies fast enough that was the idea of where the the like we franchises didn't exist until really that outside of like james bond and things like that but those weren't the same kind of franchise and not in a horror world well the the evil dead could have been a one-off and never made another movie It, it could have been that's it but for them to make evil dead 2 which Good God! It is like see, Dad had never, Dad had never seen them back to back. He he watched them. He goes, "Hey, you know, you know, Evil Dead Part Two is a remake of the first one." I was like, "Yes, Dad, I've seen it, right?" And the whole thing was to do that. There are some people who's like, "Well, why, you you know, because you're, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to like Evil Dead Part Two better than Evil Dead." And I was like, uh, "Okay, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that." 
you're, you're not a lot of people that like the Evil Dead too a lot more than the Evil Dead because I, I mean, for I mean the, the way I've heard it described, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but it, this does tie kind of into uh, one of my critiques of this film, is that the theory that I've always subscribed to for the Evil Dead too is that it starts out like a normal movie, and then when the camera flies at Ash at like the ten minute mark or whatever it is, and he wakes up, he's now dead in yep. hell. Yep. It's hell as run by the three students, basically. Yep. Yep. And and for the rest of it, it's him being tormented in hell. And yep. so it has its moments that it's just ridiculous, but also quite funny. Whereas this film, there is no humor in this film. So this film really no. does tie into that, like I said, that grueling experience where it reminded me in a very tangential way of Profondo Rosso. When we talked about Deep Red, we said how there's no there's very little comic relief. There's only a couple of scenes of comic relief, but there, then there are scenes that are the opposite, that there are scenes that only ratchet up tension without building the story, like the dogs fighting or the girl killing the lizard, where it's there just to make the viewer upset. That's what this movie's kind of like, right? There's no relief ever. No. You, you know, where, whereas if, when, you know, when, when Ash gets thrown into stuff and things fall on him, we, 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 we feel for him, but it's also kind of funny. Right when yeah. the big bookshelf falls over on him, and you know how many times that bookshelf's been dropped on him. Yeah. When when David starts getting thrown around, you know I'm like, okay, is this gonna get comical? Like he's gonna get thrown through every every shelf in the house, and it's like, no, it's he's just getting thrown around, and it's it's not funny, right? So it definitely it 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 takes a different tack. Not having Raimi, you know, uh, Alvarez is definitely a, a genre guy for sure, but Alvarez doesn't necessarily have the same kind of off kilter. Um, point of view that Raimi has that Raimi brings to all of his films, even his even his straight Hollywood films. The Spider-Man films have some really off-kilter, oddball beats in there. You know that it's like, oh yeah, yeah that's Sam Raimi, right? You know, whereas th this is a bit more straight. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. No, this. I mean, this has its own sort of beats to it. You know, it has its own sort of feel to it, and it's and it's it's almost like just. You know the same story through a di through different eyes, you know, and yeah, yeah. and it, I mean it, it there it's it's quote unquote more realistic, but it's also got the tropes of like these guys get really super physical trauma done to them, and when they get the trauma done to them, they're acting like someone who really did. They're crawling around. You're, you know, like they're not, you know, they're they're crawling and stuff. But ten minutes later, they're back on their feet. You know, a little. So that, you know, it's not totally trying to be realistic, and it still has. I mean, that opening sequence, just that 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 opening sequence, pretty much states the purpose of it by just being like. Boom, and it's all stuff that we sort we we know from other Evil Dead stuff, but it's got a few little added detail, you know, a few little little twists to it, like the weird villager people and stuff like that. And, but it just basically comes in with a big sucker punch of the father offing his daughter, and then like boom, evil like the Evil Dead title, you know, and it's it has a lot of energy and it keeps up that energy all the way through it like an evil dead movie should and it has you know they i think they sat down and they said we have to have at least what we have to make 
a hardcore gore hound cringe at least once during this movie and they succeeded in that just the the tongue on the knife gag was uh got me a little bit so hang on so jay jay i don't want i don't want to cut you off i do want to say one thing and i'll let you i'll I'll, talk about the tongue and the 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 knife tongue deal yeah so i'm friends with a girl who's very big into body modification right and no. back about 20 years ago, I shit you not, back in the, like 2001, around that time, she did in fact have her tongue split and turned into a that, forked tongue like that. Right, but so at least I she probably was, had like, a, and it's, you know, she probably had her oh, tongue yeah. out for it and I mean, stuff. Yeah. All I, all I, I mean, <laughs> but I'll be honest, all I could think while watching that was shout out to Tammy, you know, who was doing the split <laughs> tongue way before it was trendy. Before you was go, cool. girl. All right, go ahead, Jack. So, so some people know this. Um, this movie was actually it couldn't get rated. They and it was NC-17 when it first came out. They're like, "There's no fucking way we're putting this movie out." You did too much. Um, so they cut five minutes. There's the 96 version, 96 minute version of this movie, which is now available on Blu-ray, which I own, um, along with the 91 minute. Um, and I saw the 91 minute obviously in the theater. In the 96 minute version. Um, there's not a lot of story in that five minutes they cut. No, it's, it's uh, it takes the the. Then Christian, did you, did you get to see the '96? I, I did finally get to see the, uh, the 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 uncut version. Yes. I didn't realize how much more, because I'd seen this. I saw it in the theaters, and I was like, okay, this is fucking intense. Like this this movie. I I when I, when, I, when after I saw it, I said to Dad, Dad, you got to see this thing. He's like, really? I'm like, trust me, Dad. It's intense. Like. And it's not, it, I'm not saying it's Hellraiser or Hellbound kind of thing, like, like how that was for the 80s was the most, like, I go, but dad, you're going to appreciate this movie. Uh, you know, you're going to appreciate the physical, if there's not a ton of CGI, there's a lot of physical effects, there's a lot of in-camera stuff, whatever. So you're going to appreciate it. I said, it's, and it's horror. It's just, just unrelenting. Then I watched the 96-minute version last when I, when I got it. I had said, I never think I've ever watched the 96 minute I'm like, let me pop this on. And I'm watching this going, oh, my God, I for, like, I'm thinking, I know what's going to happen here. And then the scene keeps going and then it keeps going and it keeps going. And I'm like, holy crap, this movie got banned in certain countries. It wasn't allowed to be shown places. Um, the issues, obviously, is that um, I'm trying to remember where it was banned. U- Ukraine banned it. They wouldn't even let the movie be shown in any cut when, when the movie was taken overseas the 91 minute cut the r-rated u.s cut was cut down in some places by 10 to 15 minutes mm, like, i can see that but if there's, there's you're cutting the movie to ribbit like nothing could you're cutting all of it out and i'm thinking to myself going even cutting 15 minutes out of this movie the, your people are watching this probably horrified because now yep. the brain is filling in when she cuts yep. her off when she's sawing her arm off, you know, and I love it. She's like, don't you fucking cut her off, you fucking bitch. And it's like, yeah. and then she goes, it's feeling much better now. And her arm just sloughs off. With, oh, like, oh, and, dude. Dude, the, the, the unrated cut is even harsher. Yeah. It just like kind of hangs a little long. Can, yes. can this thing just fall off her arm? You're just like, what could you do? It's, yeah, it is. It yeah. is not the original. It is not 
the yeah. maniacal laughing, let me cut my hand off, I got you, you bastard, and now let me put a farewell to arms on a cane right. and trap my severed hand. Like, it's just, I, it's a whole other level. I think, I think what we get here, and I think we talked about this, remember way, way back in the, did we covered the movie Monsters, didn't we? Um, what's his name? Luke, the guy who did Godzilla. No, we did not cover monsters. I, I don't think we did, but I've no, seen no, it. I think we've talked about it. We never. Yeah. Didn't okay, sorry. I, th I thought we talked. About, I thought we watched. I thought we covered monsters. Sorry. It's it's come it, up in discussion for sure. Where where that's that's um Gareth Edwards. That's um. Yeah. Yeah, Gareth, Gareth Edwards. Right? Yeah. right. And where you look at like that's where he's starting, and then you see where he's gone. Right. I mean, the guy who makes Godzilla movies that kick ass. Right. When you see this, this is the this is this is Fetty Alvarez's first real movie this is his first big time movie when you watch this you're like okay this thing is fucking intense there's no smiling there's no laughing there's no giggling there's no there's no winking at the camera there's nothing there are homages a hundred percent in the movie the necklace falls in the shape of a skull just like in the first one like the 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 michigan state sweatshirt she's wearing yeah. it's the michigan state sweatshirt that's there like there's all that stuff i get that but like instead of being Let's make Evil Dead, you know, redo. They took it to the... He, t he said, what if we did this thing directly, you know, in your face? They used... What, I think there was 50,000 gallons of blood in the entire movie. And the original... So, 70,000 gallons of fake blood, including 50,000 gallons just in the final scenes oh, yeah. with the rain. The, the original used between two and 300 gallons of blood. It's not, and and you think that's an Evil Dead. In Evil Dead 2, they definitely used whatever that black shit they poured all over them. That's a lot of that, I'm just saying. But that's the whole point. This movie had to be shot in order. 95% of this movie was shot in chronological order because they destroyed the set. It's it's it, it lends to the intensity of what you have. But when you watch this, and then you go watch, and I'm, I'm not kidding, don't, if you've never seen Don't Breathe, it literally, you watch that and you're like, okay, this is a guy in Fetty Alvarez who has now said, look, I took the Evil Dead and I made it my own. And he did. He made this very different than Sam Raimi would have made. And then he has a movie that he wrote along with, I forget his writing partner's name, um, and they made that. And that movie is harsh, disturbing. There's no laughs. There's You don't smile. You feel like shit when it's done. It's not Martyrs. I'm, I'm not saying it's Martyrs. Martyrs, I literally did, wondered what was wrong with me when I finished watching it. But I'm saying it's <laughs> like the original Martyrs, not even the remake of Martyrs, which is just as bad um, for what it is. Uh, like, but you, you look at that and you're like, this is how this guy, this how this guy works as a director. You can see him kind of go from I'm making someone else's property my own, and now here's my own property. I can honestly tell you. I did, going into this movie, I didn't know anyone. I mean, they're all very pretty people, right? Everyone in this movie is pretty. And when I went and saw this in the theaters, I was thinking like, okay, well, I want to see Evil Dead. I've heard it's really harsh. Rue Morgue and Fangoria and Horror Hound had all said, go see it. You're not going to believe what you're going to see. And I'm like, okay. Uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, even if it wound up being kind of not the best remake, I'm like, it'll be good. And what unfolds, and I know you can, you can believe remake or not, is this makes sense in what you have in the storyline. And then you hear Sam Raimi come out and say, yes, they're the next sequel. This is all before um, 
um, the, the, the whole the whole start the, this whole what was it three seasons on stars I mean that yeah. uh, you know kind of thing he wanted to have Mia and Ash team up and that was the whole idea that they were no, going I, I, see I had this memory of the first time I watched it mm-hmm. and the, 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 the you know there's a Bruce Campbell post credits cameo I seem to remember it was him like driving up to the cabin and and like talking to her and it was like a real short scene and I don't know if my brain just like put that together from different things but it was just like his head turning going groovy in the yes. one that I just watched and that's what it is that's that's always yes. been the scene there was talk originally that he was driving the car that picks her up and it's not it's not that it's not it's that and, and it makes more sense that it's not then there was talk that when after she gets picked up that the the, the that the she's like she's there and you can feel that you see the evil dead coming for her they don't have that then there was like we have to have bruce campbell in here what's he gonna be and like there was all this talk of these things and they said well well probably the best way to do this is to leave it open because Raimi had always said he wanted to make the next one because, I mean, uh, Army of Darkness is nothing like the first like, one or I mean, whether you like the original Evil Dead or Evil Part, part Two. Army of Darkness doesn't like them. Army of Darkness is literally just like it's, a, it's like a comic book come to life kind of thing. It's not mm-hmm. a horror movie. And he had always said he wanted to make the the end, like the, to end this thing so that Ash could either fuck up again <laughs> or do whatever you know and i think that's isn't that part of the whole thing of it with army of darkness right the director's cut of army of darkness he fucks up and sleeps too long right yeah but we have the ending we have now where he's back at smart which everyone loves they love that ending and that ending is so good and for once i actually agree that with people yep. like most of the time the director's cut tends to be better I don't like the director's cut of Army of Darkness. I like him being the hero because finally Ash got it right. But that then leads perfectly into the friggin' the, the TV series. The TV series was insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but I'm saying it's just how these things all fit together. And you think about it after, after Ash versus the evil dead, after all the seasons that that's done, you could in theory have that lead directly in that Ash meet with this meet with mia mm-hmm. they can be like look we got to put an end to this because my life and just literally be that mia's life has been you know tormented and ruined because i mean that's the whole point of the whole tv series is that even though ash has gone on to do whatever he's always tormented by the fucking evil dead they won't go away you know kind of thing i mean i think he even says that he also yeah, says not the ass not the ass that's what i <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. I mean, you know. yeah. So, but um. Anyway, I, I I'm just saying is uh, for those of us if you have not seen this movie, I can say this. Um, the 91 minute version is is you're not going to lose. It's intense beyond all belief. The 96 minute version, which I actually like better, uh, is beyond intense, and it pushes your core levels to that next thing. It, I literally, while I'm watching, I was watching this little little while ago, and Kelly goes, "What's wrong?" I go, "This movie hurts." She goes, "What do you mean the movie hurts?" I and it's just seeing where where um um oh what's her name with the N? She's the N and demon. It's the it's the, the blonde girlfriend. Natalie. 
Natalie. Natalie. She's, yeah. she's hitting him with when she's hitting uh, uh, with the crowbar. With and the I'm crowbar, like, oh, yeah. God, the pie bar. And then, and then she turns after he gets – and then he goes, shoots her with the nails. And I'm like, bad idea. Bad idea. I know it's coming, but when she hits his hand and his fingers just go every which way but straight, I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw up. Oh, it's yeah. Awesome. That's the best part is that it's like it, I am so desensitized, like you guys. I'm so desensitized to what – it's true. We watch things, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh, 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 right? We watch these things, and, and I just, okay, it's fine. It's what it is. And some people are like, how do you watch that? I'm like, I don't know. It's, there's nothing – I know how the I know how the sausage is made. I'm okay with this, but yet this movie, this the, they he I think he knew if you're going to get the the real gore fans, people who grew, who love all that stuff, those people to get them to kind of like flinch, or um, as I'm rubbing my knuckles right now saying it because because they just hurt thinking about this, like even her cutting her face off in the back, like she's. She's gigging her face with the thing. You're like, holy shit! Well, what does she do? The sound design in that is what yeah. does does it yeah. the most. The sawing yeah. sound. But it's not even it's not even her with that. It's when she attacks him with the fucking needle. Oh, that's oh, oh that's the part where I my whole my, yeah my that asshole puckers in my <laughs> yeah I hate yeah. needles to begin with, and that's yeah. like and she's beyond. And it's eye trauma, and it's needles, and then the needles in his eye or underneath his eye. That is, that's like, remember, remember audition, remember yeah. when she saws yeah. off leg with the fucking piano wire. You're like, okay, that's yeah. really harsh. And then she puts the needle, the, the needles in them, and then sits on the fucking guy. Like, I was okay with sawing the leg off. I was really not okay with the needles, but then she fucking pounces all her weight on them, and I'm like, and I'm done, and I am done. <laughs> I'm okay. Like, it's just the little, it's the little tiny cuts. It's the little things. It's why those things hurt so much. Why does when Gage slash um, uh, Fred Gwynn's Achilles in Pet Cemetery does that hurt more than anything else in the movie? It's those little things. The needle in his eye, it still makes me nauseous now. And that's something for a movie yeah. I've already seen. I know is coming. Which yeah, is probably the best I can give it, as it, as, you know. Yeah, that I, it, I, I, I had to, I had to watch, rewatch this one by myself. Like, there's, this, yeah. like, there's no way in hell that I was gonna get Maureen no. to even one second of this. Cause no, this yeah, way, no. Way too <laughs> okay, so, so let's just think of this though. I mean, Haley watches everything with me. Everything, everything. She watches everything, right? She goes, "Can I watch this with you?" I said, "No." Like I flat out said, "No." She goes, "What do you mean, no?" She goes, I watch things, Dad. I've seen R-rated movies, and I'm like, you have, honey. Yeah, you have. Is, I said, this is this, different, though, because this, the setup on this isn't a bunch of teenagers going to get drunk and fuck around in a cabin for a weekend. This is like, all right, we got real shit going on here with, you right. know, the, Mia's mother having, you know, dementia, and, and, yeah, and well, she's trying to kick a fucking heroin habit. It's like, this, yeah, the, yeah the, there's, there's real shit here. There's, a, there's, there's a, an HBO Max hallmark version of this where there's no demons and it's just five people trying to get their friend to fucking quit drugs over the course yes well that's what i like about it is the whole drugs thing does add subtext to it but not too much to where it gets in the way of anything it's like they added they made sure to say you know she she died and so she's already been dead before 
So that sort of could key into it, but they don't really run with it because they just let it sit there. But like, you could take the whole thing as a metaphor for how like drug addiction not only like destroys everybody around you and stuff like that, but they don't really. They just let it sort of sit there if you want to think about it that way. They don't, you know, try and which is the best move because that's not what they do anymore. You know, somebody would spell it out in a less competent, you know, movie. And like, I, I appreciate it because you know, let's face it, these characters, they're, they're like... Like, one of the things that... There's only two things that I didn't really like about this and just that, that you have to get these, like, actors and actresses that are, like, out of the WB. They all look like that. And the fake CGI fire at the end was a little off-putting. But, but like, it, it, it's a certain point with this, so when things go out south, like, I didn't really care. Like, any of them were really very great characters. But... It gets to that point where, you know, you do care about them just on a human misery level. <laughs> like, humans shouldn't have to yeah. go through stuff like that. And that's what gets you invested in, you know, in having any kind of suspense or anything. But, boy, it, yeah, it... I, 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 I really liked it the first time. And then the second time I was just, like, going, like, why didn't I like this more? Why wasn't I just, like... Uh, sipping was, it like fine wine like this now is a, this is the rare case where you know this is a, a john carpenter's the thing this is where you took the idea yeah. you made it your own and you you, uh -huh. you took what the thematic element was and ran with it instead of just trying to do a, a half-assed remake that brings yeah. nothing new to the table right so we just throw this in there real quick and then i was like i i wanted to mention that i gotta think okay fetty alvarez and i i, I know i'd see this somewhere i might have looked it up he, um, when he originally had pitched, you know, with his, his idea for the movie, because again, he wrote him and the other guy, I forgot this, missed his name, I can't find. Oh, uh, Rondo, uh, um, God, I can't, probably can't say this, a Sanguise. He, they both don't speak English, so they had to have their script kind of like, you know, Americanized, because it was like translated from whatever, right? Um, he had said he wanted to make a movie, which was basically the audience watching something they were not supposed to be seeing. Like you're not supposed to be seeing this, right? And it feels like that. It feels like what? Like this seems harsh, right? And um, one of the great things about when you do something like that is it, it it either works or it doesn't, right? And and some people did not like this movie. Some people felt this movie was just another ripoff, just whatever, didn't work. But when you when you approach a film that way, where it's supposed to be something you're not supposed to be seeing, it's kind of like. Um, it was some of the stuff that you would see in the 70s and stuff like that with some of the horror there where you're kind of pushing the envelope of what was ever put on the screen. I'm not saying this was reinventing horror, but I don't... Had we seen anything this violent, this kind of, like, you know, intense? And not, not in a, long, a while. No. Not in a while, right? And, yeah, and not, not anything, and it's certainly not, like, I mean... Not, not in not, America, anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. You, you'd have to go to other countries like it was all i'm thinking of the, i'm thinking of the french films like i'm thinking of like hot uh, and and um frontiers and like inside and things like i mean i mean you've got to mm -hmm. go to those kind of movies to get it um so 
that bringing that here in an American movie, I thought was interesting as well because we haven't seen it. I just want to throw this before I forget, and I knew I I had to look it up. I knew how to find it. In 2015, Channel Four, which is the UK UK Channel Four, premiered the movie on terrestrial TV. Right, Channel Four by mistake showed the alternate cut of the film, which had the extra four minutes and ten seconds put back in. No one knows how they got their hands on this cut, but it was uh, assumed that Studio Canal had provided the wrong cut to Channel 4. So not only did they not just show the 91-minute cut, they showed the 96-minute cut on on local television. That's that's just the French going, ha-ha, fuck which, you, England. Ha-ha. Yeah. Which to me is so funny because this summer I watched the, this, the, these documentaries on the video nasties and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just so funny because the movies that made the video nasty list were just uh, some of them were some of them were were like in, like you know like uh, uh, cannibal holocaust and like you know things faces like that. of death yeah, like those things right but some of them were just absolute pieces of garbage shit movies that just happened to have the word Satan in the title or it showed someone with a drill or a knife and I'm like or man this gets, right or num oh my god nunchucks don't even go there they they fucking I bad all yeah, nunchucks and ninjas man they have no place in the <laughs> Yeah, they banned that shit like crazy. Um, but that's is that isn't that so funny? The, the the country that was so dead set to get all this this filth out of their country, and then by mistake show literally a movie that puts all of it on the screen. As Everything of, as of as of like two thousand three, they censored the headbutt in the fight between Obi Wan and Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. Like we're not really like dealing this. with you know the uh, most rational in terms of censorship here. What I'm just saying is, funny is that that that's the cut they got, right? It's they they probably wanted a and like a 70 minute cut. They probably wanted the one with the additional cuts made in other countries where they cut out as much of the blood and gore and violence. And they literally got not only the full version, you got extended director's cut version with all of it. So the other thing is, I don't know if you guys noticed this. If you go back and watch the trailer, and, and folks, once you see the movie, you can when you watch the trailer again. In the trailer, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's not in the movie. They used of they had actually used alternate takes of the same stuff. You're like, but that's in the movie. You watch it; it's not the filmed exactly the same. There's different pieces here and there. A lot of the stuff in the trailer is not the actual scenes from the movie. They're the alternate takes they used to make the trailer, which just seems weird to me. But I mean, I guess that happens. But it's just like. But it's just, it's kind of noticeable when you go back, after you've seen the movie a couple of times, you go back and be like, wait a minute, that's not the fucking movie. That's not how this looks. This looks different. Like, and it's just funny that well, that was how they... the trailer, there's sometimes, they're, they're often not done with the movie. So, like, right. sometimes they might just like, oh, well, we'll use this shot, but then they don't the end reference. up using it in the movie. Yeah, but I'm saying, but the movie was shot in order. Not about 95% of the movie was shot in chronological order. So, to get some of those end scenes, you had to shoot the scenes before them. Right. You know, it's just, it, I just always find that funny is like, you know, because sometimes there's lines in the trailer or there's whatever, and you're like, that's not in the movie. But like, it's almost the whole trailer is not in the movie. So, or it's an alternate of the movie. So, anyway, but yeah, folks, if you can't tell, um, you know, I mean, I definitely love this film. Um, I think it's well worth going to watch. Uh, I know Luke had found it. Uh, what'd you find? Was it on Tubi? So it's, 
Yeah, so yeah, so as of recording, I actually watched it on Pluto TV, which is okay. another uh, free ad supported streaming service. But as of recording, it was also on Tubi. So it's available out there and you you can find this film relatively relatively easily. It is I, also I still think... on archive.org. Right. Yeah, okay. if you want to yeah, go to the, the internet archive minutes. as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, that that's the thing. A lot of the all I was going to say is a lot of these movies from around that era seem to crop up as catalog movies on the free services and on the paid services because it's on it's on one I think it's on Peacock. I think it's on one of the other the, the non-free services as well too to stream. Right. And yeah, you know, it, they're out there. It. Yeah, Amazon you can rent it. I think you can rent it on uh on YouTube or Vudu as well. So it it's it's out there and available. It's certainly not a lost film by any stretch, even though it doesn't come up in conversation much. You know, I think a lot of people, Chris, like you said, I was kind of in the same boat. I saw it and just kind of dismissed it as a Pretty Boy remake of Evil Dead, not really, you know, understanding the background or the pedigree here. Yeah. When so, you yeah, start no, I mean, reading the credits, I mean, it's worth. It's... When you start reading the credits yeah, on, on the movie, you start seeing that and like. And I was reading when I was reading the credits at the end, I was catching a lot of like little like there was. A, I don't know if any of you guys know what this joke means. There was four guys names and they were credited as fake shemps. That's all yes. from the original Raimi. It's yeah. all the, the the background players. Like if there's a car driving by and there's somebody on the road where you don't get a good look at somebody, they're called fake shemps. OK, yeah. so there were four fake shemps in this movie. Sure. So they're, yeah. Cameron, so, they're, you Sam know, Raimi they're using and... the. Or, or fake shemps in the first two movies. Yep. Yeah. And the thing with the just just to close the circle, the fake shemp. Okay. Sam Raimi, huge uh, Three Stooges fan, as as I referenced the Stooges earlier. Uh, so when when Shemp Howard came in full time into the troupe, um, when Curly was unable to uh, to continue, you know um, that. Uh, there, Shemp was not in the greatest of health either. And so there are several times when they will, um, the studio Columbia would edit together uh, shorts, um, new air quotes up to the microphone, new shorts using old footage. And every now and again, they'd have to get someone to stand in for Shemp. They'd put a wig and an ill-fitting suit on him and they'd shoot him from the back. And evidently the story goes that Sam and Ted Raimi were, were like obsessed with finding the fake Shemps mm-hmm. and that, Anytime they say, it's a fake shemp, it's a fake shemp. So that that was why they used that term. And that, that's why that term meant, you know, if you don't get a great look at somebody, they're, you know, because they're shooting them from the back or whatever. That's why that where that term comes from. I say this as a, a, a later in life fan of Shemp Howard, you know, I think a lot of people uh, obviously fall on the, the curly side of that. But uh, as I've gotten older, you know, in fact, I've, I've, I've come to one of, one of my tenants, my central tenants, you know, I think so much, so many of us, we spend so much time fretting that we're not curly, that we don't even realize that we're actually Shemp, right? Oh, wow. And it's something to think about, right? I'm not, even, I'm, mind, not even, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even making a joke. I'm being hundred percent serious about that. You know, we're, we're worried that we're not the guy that everybody loves, but instead we don't realize that we're somebody else that has value too. So take that and think about that as you're, as you're noodling on Evil Dead 2013. Yes. And greasy ass hair too. We all got oh. greasy ass hair. Yeah, well, that, that just kind of comes with the too. territory of being a podcaster, doesn't it? I yeah. Don't I don't have any anymore. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Martinez. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. 
Super local. So, I am Spartacus. Uh, it's like that old was that was that a Pepsi commercial? Yeah, I got a case of Pepsi here for Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> God, now all I can think of is the is that gag in the office. <laughs> Michael goes, I've seen that movie 30 times now. I still don't know who the real Spartacus was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. So, this, this uh, is a good... This I, is a good I, I, like, you know, no, speaking of Spartacus, I really like the remake of Spartacus. It was called King Kong. It's King Kong Lives. You've heard of that yeah. one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if, you have, if you haven't, you can check that out on uh, when John LeMay and I cover that on the... Uh, of, uh, on uh, Boss Bugs and Babes, we. Uh, <laughs> I love. I just love that movie so much. It's so terrible. I love I am, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I am. I am hoping because Luke. Uh, Luke had pointed this out. Is it's available to be purchased digitally? Yeah. Right. On, and and now it's available digitally. There's talk. There might be a Blu-ray finally coming of it. Oh my God. The DVD goes for like anywhere between eighty and a hundred dollars. Did I, did, did, did I snagged a DVD of it? Oh, no, it's long out of print. De Laurentiis is doing everything he can to make sure it was out of print. Did I snag the DVD of it for like 15 bucks one time? Because someone didn't know what they had. Um, and literally, there's no other way to see the movie, right? Mm -hmm. But to, to imagine King Kong Lives getting the Kong 70... Can't escape Kong 76. No. The Kong 76 treatment... Kong 76 got a special edition. It's the bestest movie ever looked. The movie's shit, but uh, Kong 76 is an absolute piece of shit. But this is the best looking piece of shit that they could put out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So Look what at, you're saying is you can polish a turd. Yeah. Well, you uh, well actually, uh, Mythbusters proved that you could. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> that's another story for another day. Um, they also fit 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag, but all the water came out of it. Ah, uh, like I always say, anytime somebody makes that reference around my around my neck of the woods, we call uh, we call women like that a blooper. That's just, that's just the name for them. What do you call ten pounds oh, of shit no. in a five pound bag? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Don't at me, people. I'm not on Twitter anyway. Go fuck yourselves. So, anyway, so the whole thing is they put out the collector's edition of Kong '76, and that was what spurred us on to cover it and the whole nine and whatever. And now they're talking about doing that, like possibly doing a Blu-ray of King Kong Lives. And I'm like, you better not go bare bones. This needs to be everything that's out there on King Kong Lives. Make this the definitive, criterion <laughs> level King Kong Lives Blu-ray. I'm speaking this. I want to see a. I want to see a behind-the-scenes documentary on how they made the little redneck model that they pull in half with the jelly in between yeah. and all, all of that. No, there is. A, there, wait, if, we, if, if I win the Powerball, then we will do. We we will be the criterion for horror. We'll just we'll just overpay through the nose for everything. <laughs> well, make it happen. Oh, I just I just have this image, of, um, you know, of, of Jay threatening, uh, whoever it is, whoever puts it out, whether it's you know Shout or whomever, like Wendy Chesterberger from from South Park, <laughs> like Hey Shout Factory, don't fuck with me. Okay. <laughs> and look, the worst part is I don't even like King Kong lives that much. But I just, I just, I just want the Blu-ray to exist just for just for Mr. John LeMay to finally have his favorite Kong movie of all time. I mean, I think 
I think that movie is lovable just for the sheer fact that it existed. Somebody wrote it. Somebody said, yep, signing off on that. (laughs) Uh, And then they made it. Hey, yeah. Well, here's the craziest thing of the of the whole part is when King Kong Liz was coming out and Luke uh, may or may not remember this, but I remember this. They did a special on oh, Channel yeah. 5, mm-hmm. and it was all about the making of King Kong Live. And I remember this special, which you can find nowhere now, but I remember this special because I was like, wow, this could be really good. And Dad goes, this looks like shit. <laughs> and Dad, yeah, like, well, we're, reviewers of the time were assholes, man. And Luke and I were just talking about this on Facebook, sort of, in a way. Like Siskel and Ebert's worst of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've been watching a bunch of those and going, a lot of those movies have really withstood this test of time, you know, and there were a lot worse movies made that year. And all the reviewers of King Kong lived. And this is why I never checked it out until I, you know, I caught it on cable one day, I think. Uh, and and it, they just said. Well, you know, the you know the the King Kong was a big hit and it was a big budget movie. This is just a low, you know, this is basically made with the budget of like a Hong Kong, you know, giant monster movie and it's just garbage. They didn't have the decency to tell me the plot. Because okay. when I hear that plot, if they spent 50 cents on the budget, I still am going in there yeah. to see so what I just y- you know, just, to see that. this out there. Hang on, hang on. Let me throw this out there. The reason why they didn't tell you the plot, they actually were not allowed to. They oh. were never actually allowed to watch. They, they, they were not allowed to watch anything. De Laurentiis put a gag order on them. I'm not kidding. Look it up. He put a gag order on them to not give away any of the plot. They couldn't show any clips from the movie. They weren't allowed to show even the trail, and it had to be in the trailer. Because when they when they would show like Predator, like they showed the clips of Predator, they show you a ch- like a little ch- clip of the movie, right? A scene, this, yeah, a scene. No, but like, but they show you a, like a clip, like kind of thing, like yeah, I've seen. But I'm saying, but it wasn't just what was on the trailer. They right. were allowed to show part of the trailer. They were not allowed to actually review the movie itself, and they out said they we're not allowed to really talk about this movie. It's garbage. And it's like, yeah. what? And like, this can't be real. Oh, it is. Because John LeMay brought all this up with me. I'm like, you got to be joking. Because he had said it to me before we did. I go, I had to look into this before we, we talked about it. I was like, are you kidding? He goes, no, dude, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, I, I wish I was kidding. And I love John. He's a great guy. And he's he's an outstanding author. But that's the one he loved. I'm like, okay, like, how do you love? And it's the he grew up with. Because he, he's younger than us. That's what his King Kong was, right? Which is fine. The same it's way that crazy. he loved. It's a crazy movie. It's yeah. fun to watch because it it goes nuts. It's, it's they're, actually they're nuts. It's a hospital. There they got a giant King Kong hospital blood transfusion scene. It's yeah, a romance. It's a romance there's with a, there's two, a bone two giant the size of a bicycle. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's it's it's, it's rednecks trapping him in rubble and then him plucking them apart. Like like scenes of shocking gore and. There's a, there's a just giant ripping him apart. I don't know of any other. I don't know of any other movie with right. a bigger pile of bananas in it than King Kong lives. Yes. Oh my yes, God. No, that's right. <laughs> I uh, mean, come on, man. 
Come on, and so. it's got Linda Hamilton's boobies in it too. It's like just everything. So anyway, uh, whether th- th- this has nothing to do with Evil Dead 2013, uh, we're just saying is we're just kind of wishing this into existence, talking this into existence. What you can see right now is Evil Dead 2013. Like Luke said, it is available streaming on Tubi. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. I picked it up on Amazon Prime. I bought it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I want to say it was like $2.99, $3.99. They run these sales all the time where they just have digital movies. And I know you're thinking, Jay, you don't actually own it then. I own this movie, trust me. I made my own special edition, collector's edition with the rated cut, the unrated cut, and the and the DVD. I, got, I made my whole special set of it. Um, it is available unrated. Uh, you can purchase it unrated right on Amazon. Um, I'm not sure. I'm assuming the cut that you saw, Luke, had to be the 91-minute version. Yeah, the one on um, yeah, had the one on on uh, on Pluto was the the R-rated cut. Yeah. Still pretty, still pretty intense, and for free service, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, this, uh, uh, the, the yeah, one thing is, I can this say, is not a beer and pizza movie. This no. is. A... <laughs> so I can say this. I've watched this now. I've watched the unrated cut twice, and I've watched the R-rated cut like four times, maybe. Um, including the time I saw it in the theater. Um, at no time, probably now, after seeing it a bunch of times, I might be able to like maybe eat something in the beginning, but during the most during once things start, once shit hits the fan, there is no more. I'm not sitting there eating something. It's not a popcorn kind of like oh this is like it's harsh. And I, let me just throw this in there. My I love I absolutely love. 20 minutes left in the movie because you have no idea how much time is left when he buries her alive and then brings her back from the dead right kind of he, he kill it you know, to, to free your soul the music 100 percent turns and you go oh this is oh it's gonna be a happy ending they're gonna get out of here alive it's and then all of a sudden they fucking friday the 13th you jason jumps out of a lake motherfucker because it ain't no happy ending here all fucking the abomination shows up and the abomination versus mia at the end it's got some fucked up shit in it (laughs) she rips her hand off she fuck i mean you're like you're like what the actual fuck happened here because you're you know (laughs) you know i it yeah like i can tell you you know uh hero you said that there was no way you could watch this with maureen but by twist of fate TJ did watch parts of this with me. She wasn't. She was playing her her card game. She wasn't really paying attention. But every now and again, she'd look up and she'd make a, a comment. And the one I just I just have to say, talk about you no know, fucked up shit. When when she's down in the basement and mm-hmm. she yells up at David, "Come down here, lover boy. Let me suck your dick." She, she su- yeah, yeah. She says, uh, "My wife says, you know, that's an offer. I think I'll turn down." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Does she, does she already have the bifurcated tongue at that point? No. 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 That's that's that, that me. Oh no! Wait! No wait! Did she? It yes. Right, no. No. She does. Right after, it was right yeah. after that. Oh, yeah. Right oh, after. Shit, that. I'm she going does. down. Yeah. Because yeah, cause, cause that, cause the next part is when when she's when the, when the um um what he calls washing her hand off, and yeah. and then Natalie's washing her hand off, and then and then she's just and her arms going fucked up, and she's like takes the. That's what like she gets with carving knife. Yeah, carving knife to the. Okay, yeah, I, I have a, I, I do have a couple of comments. So first off, electric, I use an electric carving knife every year when I have to carve a turkey, and when I cut. Yeah. Slide, they don't work that way. 
Just putting that out there. They'll they'll get jammed uh, up way before you cut through your own. Oh, for through arm. through the bone of your uh, yeah. fresh yeah. like yeah. a wet bone on an arm. Yeah. Yep. Even. Sec- yep. Sec- secondly, I've used a nail gun. Nail guns don't work that way. No, they do. No, if you take they the don't. Restrictor plate off of it. Yeah, they they still don't plate. fire it out like that. Usually, you need to hammer it against something to get ah. it. to... You know. Sorry. It's, it's, right. it's a movie nail gun. <laughs> I get it. It's it's like a movie surprise. Or movie ether, you know. Um, yeah. They don't, you know. And and then thirdly, this, I was I mentioned this before we started recording. We were talking about uh, the documentary series uh, In Search of Darkness. Yeah. And in In Search of Darkness, they talk about on one film how a chainsaw is a terrible weapon. Oh my God, Billy Bob Briggs talks about that. Yeah. And so Mia is is uh, she's in the, the 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 basement, the bowels of the of the, of the cabin there, and she has a choice between a machete. And a chainsaw. Oh no! In, in the shed, she's in the shed. Or in the That's, shed, yeah. And she takes she takes the yeah takes the chainsaw, which is a foolish move because you know what a cha- a, a machete never runs out of gas. It doesn't right. need an owner's manual. It's not heavy. You know, it does it doesn't you know uh, jam up and jump the chain every time. It does it doesn't let it. anybody know you're coming. Yeah, machete <laughs> is a is a much better weapon than a than a chainsaw in this particular context. Just putting it out there. I did think it was funny that it was a machete and a chainsaw because they can't have a kitchen knife and a, uh, a glove with blades on it in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. Wouldn't been. But, uh, yeah. I, I, you but, know, it's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's okay. It's, 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 it's movie. So you gotta, it, that, and, that, and that's kind of a Raimi touch, isn't it, too, that things don't necessarily work that way. Like when, yeah. when, when David is building, like, the makeshift defibrillator, Yes. It suddenly gets very Raimi-esque with the way it's shot there, with it's the uh, close-ups and yes. the cuts and the angles. It's like, oh, okay, Sam Raimi yeah, they, director they, on the sequence. They, they <laughs> use that kind of technique sparingly, but when it does pop up, I'm like, yeah, I'm marking out for this. It's like, yeah, all right. I did, I did like that. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. That and, and Eric, you know, the guy that causes all the problems in this movie... Yeah. And still complains that David's not doing enough to fix it. It's like, dude, this is your fucking fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny because today Kelly was watching one of her favorite movies, The Mummy, uh, Stephen Summers' The Mummy. Oh, and what? she must not read from the book, you know, kind of thing, right? And I'm like, let's tell Eric. It's Eric. <laughs> all I, I mean, seriously, all I could think was, you guys ever ever read or, or watch Nights at a Dinner Table? The old... Uh, it was it was a, it was a it was a web, it was a web comic that became an I think it was a, a web comic became an actual comic and they made several little animated shorts of it. I re- I've heard of it. Yeah, so there's one episode of the of Knights at the Dinner Table where they take a break from playing uh, Hackmaster and they go play um, a, a Cthulhu game instead. <laughs> and the DM says, as you as you open the case, you discover a moldering, worm-ridden book. He goes, I burn it. <laughs> And the other one, of the other player goes, "Don't you think there might be some clues in the book?" It's like, "Listen to me, Sarah. I've played a lot of Cthulhu. One thing I've learned: burn the books." Okay. Burn the books. I, that's what I have written down. I played a lot of Cthulhu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's true. And then, and then when he tries to burn the book, and it goes, "It just won't burn." I'm like, I, of you know, burn. If, if I if I find something that's wrapped in a in a black uh, you know, thick trash bag with barbed wire around it. I'm not yeah. opening it. Yeah. Not I'm letting it for- in a room that's filled with dead cats. I mean, literally a room. That first page and see what you know the drawings are. Just, just, just close it. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally Don't a room where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a dead cat, and you're going to read something <laughs> to find it? I, I thought a, ni- I thought a nice... I thought a nice touch was that when they had it all wrapped up in the barbed wire, the barbed wire sort of made sort of made the face, you know, the classic Necronomicon face on it. I thought that was a nice little touch. And they handled those dead cats way too calmly. They were just like, it smells something bad. Oh, it's dead cats. That's awful. Well, let's wrap them up and throw them out back. You know, there is that. Yeah, I was say there is that there is that extra scene in that in that director's cut, right, where uh, they said, "Oh, look over here," and, and uh, Dave goes, "Yeah, you'll get that on your big jobs," you know, just nods. You know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was maybe that was the southern only version. I don't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's just so yeah, and like I said, is <clears throat> when when you you have to know what you're getting into when you when you sit down for this movie. If you think you're going to get Army of Darkness, you could not be more wrong. No, right? No. Even though they're in the same, technically, quote unquote, in the same universe, you could not be more wrong than this. But if you think about it, right? And and this is one of the, this is one of the, um, uh, um, if you, you think about what Evil Dead was when it came out and like how it kind of pushed things. Like, I mean, Evil, the original yep. Evil pushed the envelope. Right. Then we just were saying that we didn't have a lot of American movies pushing envelopes. This was an American movie that pushed an envelope. I mean, it made a lot of money. That's, you know, you invest, you invest under 20 million and you make almost 100. That's a pretty good return on investment. I mean, the problem is people are like, well, if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars. Well, if I spent 200 million to make it. Then I would want to make a billion dollars. That's yeah, five they don't times. make these. Yeah, they don't make these movies to make a billion dollars. If they do, then yes, you're guaranteed a million sequels. But like, they're yeah. made to, like, if they, yeah, if they quadruple or go five times their budget, then all of a sudden that's a huge deal. You know, that's yeah. a good yeah. amount of money for your investment. So, you have yeah. to spend twenty-five so. million on the next one. Let's see what happens. Well, I'll tell you, if if they ever can just get their shit square. It's going to be Sam Raimi. Uh, I mean, Fetty Alvarez could be involved. Who knows? But like I'm saying is you you just get that to the point where this is what's good. You're going to wind up getting the, uh, you know, Mia and, and Ash coming together. And you'll have the you'll have basically Ash versus Evil Dead. That whole world that you had there coming together with Mia's, you know, horrific life she's just gone through. It's going to be super intense. I don't know. It, and, and again, I say this as someone who loved this series. I don't know if I want to see that movie. I want to see the slash Terminator Road Warrior movie with Ash that um, that that Ash versus Evil Dead hinted at, you know, set up to with like robot people and and the Deadites taking a post-apocalyptic Deadite world. Okay, but that's not the and, film we're talking about, though. Like, I understand what you're saying. What that's I'm, what I want next. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever want to see Ash vs. Evil Dead Ash at the end of that and Mia together, whatever. I don't know if I want to see that movie. Because I think, I don't, again, if, what happens if it just doesn't, if it's, I mean, because you don't really want Mia in a world where it's funny, but you can't have Ash in a completely serious nothing no, but but i mean ash versus evil dead had some elements of that in it so it's not like un un 
char- completely uncharted, you know. Ash vs. Evil Dead's pretty comedic, but it also, like, had oh, some interpersonal yeah. drama and stuff in it, and, and you know, I... some more serious, like, they approached some of the stuff as more, you know, more serious and other other parts so honestly like on this at this timeline that we're in now i mean uh, like he 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 bruce campbell's ain't, ain't getting any younger and there's only so much you know uh yeah back that you can put in his hair right um at this point just if you get sam and ted Raimi and robert tapper together to just do like one more yep just you know what i don't care what it is at this point just bring it on like just bring the whole thing home whether it's going to be a Evil Dead multiverse, or the two of them in the same continuity. Like at this point, just yeah. finish it off. Let it let the franchise cool off until somebody does decide to bring it back in some way. But just like I'm, just I'm ready. I'm just ready for just one more go around, theatrical. Just just round it out. Just yeah, it that would be Close nice. Book and you know what? And honestly, Dead. the the yeah, I mean the idea of putting Ash and Mia together. I think you could. I think you could tell a good story there because Ash has been through so much ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. That he has a different take on it, and she's gonna be like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Type of thing. Well, yeah, and he's also like, he's like asshole, "Listen, Ash little is an lady." Asshole that knows how to deal with the evil dead. Yeah. Yeah. You get, it'd be like a listen here, little lady. It'd be like a John. And they Wayne and they can bring thing. her into the more comedic world because uh, Ash started out as a serious, quote unquote, serious. You know, a character is taken more serious in Evil Dead. In Evil Dead 2, he became the more over-the-top, you know, like Evil Dead, Evil... It's not really until he gets, he cuts his hand off, you know? Right, right. It's pretty pretty serious and intense until that point. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can do that shift with a character in in this. It's it's been, precedent has been set. Yeah, I'm just saying it's just, I would be... I don't know. It's sometimes, you know, you look at things you're like, this is so cool. Like, I don't know if I would want to see that. Um, but I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be good. I'm just saying is sometimes you're like, you're like the, the thought of what it could be is sometimes better than what you actually could get. It's like, it's like how the, yeah. the books, you know, um, with the Jason versus Freddie versus Ash yes. movie form. Could that work? Maybe. I mean, it'd probably be pretty Maybe. good, but those, but I think the comic books are pretty damn good. Oh, as a comic, it's brilliant. As a comic, yeah. You know, because it, because it, I mean, it's a comic book story, right? Yeah. To so yeah. tell it in the comic book format. Amazing how that works. Yeah. Yeah. No, no budget in a comic book. Right. Yeah. So anyway, check it out, folks. It's well worth your time. It is. Yes, you it know, is. It's just not. This is not family entertainment. You're not you putting this on. the house to yourself, and you and you, and you get ninety minutes to. Go for a very depressing and intense ride. Yep. Yep. Leather up your stomach and have fun. Leather up your loins. (laughs) Gird up everything because. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bodily mutilation. Yes.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.